Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the fifth day of August. I'm Paul White. August the 5th is my wedding anniversary. Natasha and I were married 27 years ago today. August the 5th, 1995. A couple of kids that had no idea what they were doing. But God is good. We've went through a lot of ups and downs and twists and turns. We've had to grow up together. We've had to grow towards one another. But I could not be happier. I wouldn't trade one second of it with all of the ups and the downs. And I am so much the man I am today because of that decision. And I'm happy for that. And I am so pleased to be her husband. And I thank God for Natasha. And I thank God for what we have and what he has graced us to cultivate. I think marriage is the planting of a seed, and the return is all of the things you get to be together that would not exist without your union. And I am so thankful for that, and and I look so forward to what I hope is many, many more years, many decades of marriage. I know she will be listening at some point to this podcast, and, and so I... I know she will hear it, and we will have all kinds of fun things planned together on that day today as well, but a happy anniversary to her. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is where we are in our ongoing journey through Paul's letters to young Timothy, and today I want to conclude this first portion from the third chapter, this perilous times, perilous men passage, by starting in verse 6, and we covered the list of things that were going to explode in humanity Uh, As times become difficult, for of this sort are those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sins and led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. So of the kind of people listed off in in that list of things that are going to explode are inside of humanity when things get rough, and we do see that as things get stressful, as things get difficult, we see all of those negative things explode out of people, not just of our neighbor, but even from us. And he said, out of that particular group, he goes, watch out, because there's going to be those who, this is an interesting phrase, this whole creep into households and lead captive. The old King James said, lead captive silly women. Um, It's hard to imagine exactly what Paul has in mind here, creeping into homes and captivate Um, One way to translate this in the Greek is captivate little women burdened with sins, carried away with diverse lusts. So we don't know if Paul meant little intellectually, if he meant, he he certainly didn't mean little in stature, that doesn't make a lot of sense, or if he meant um, low on the social totem pole. It feels like it isn't so much about the women as it is about the, the creeper, the person that sneaks into someone's life and deceives them. And think about the power of that warning, considering he's connecting this to ministry. And, and there's been this ongoing warning through First and Second Timothy about false leadership, false ministries, this whole Hymenius and Philetus sect that he warned about. If that be the case, then Paul is saying that as times get difficult, times get stressful, there's always going to be predator ministries it's always going to be those who creep in to the place where you should be your safest and 
lead you astray, sort of playing into your lust. These are those who have a form of godliness, but they have no. There's no transformative power. Nothing to transform. It's just a bunch of knowledge. They're they're they have learning, but they don't come to the knowledge of what the real truth is. And that tells me if you're not coming to the knowledge of the truth, then you must be in the knowledge of the lie. Which means that a lot of people learn a lot of Bible, learn a lot of theology, but they never stop lying about what they really are. And if we don't come to the knowledge of the truth, we don't see transformation. Then to illustrate this, Paul picks something interesting. Verse 8, now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Now, first of all, Janus and Jambres are names out of the Jewish tradition. They're not names out of the Bible. Here's another indication that our New Testament writers were not always dealing with the same texts we are. The book of Exodus does not name Janus and Jambres, but Jewish tradition named those two Egyptian magicians who were sort of Pharaoh's right-hand men who stood in front of Moses. That is recounted in Exodus um, chapter 7 and 8, but we don't see their name. So I, I only point that out just to let you know that you're not always dealing with the same source when you deal with stuff like the Apostle Paul and these first century writers. But in Paul's understanding of it, um, you have a Janus and a Jambres. You have these who stood in front of Moses opposing the truth that Moses gave, and they did so, he said, because they had a depraved mind and they were reprobate. But that's a little bit of an interpolation that's a, because they didn't have faith in regards to the way Judaism did. But they're a good example for a Jew, for a practicing Jew in Paul's day, because they're really smart and powerful men in Egyptian in Hebrew lore who were opposed to the most powerful man that Judaism had ever produced, at least in their thought processes. Right on par with Elijah was Moses. So for Janus and Jambres to be these smart men, sort of religious men, powerful men, to oppose Moses shows how, pardon the the poor poor way to say it, but it just shows how stupid Paul thought they were. And then... He sort of puts that over into any kind of ministry that is a predator. He says, they advance no further because their foolishness is evident to all. Let me reread that ninth verse. They'll progress no further. Their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. So Paul had this belief, and I cannot agree more. I've been saying this, in fact. What's done in the dark is going to come to the light. This stuff comes out because God protects his sheep. He doesn't let predator wolf pastors, wolf theologians get by without at least exposure. I didn't say God attacks them, gives them cancer, they go bankrupt. No. But their progress goes no further because eventually it gets manifest what they're really doing. And I think their judgment even comes from within the church. It comes from us. That might be why Paul in the Corinthian letter says we should judge what's going on inside. Because Why? Well, because we ought to know better. And I think that is what happens to some extent. Okay. Tomorrow on the podcast, we'll start verse 10 
Um, there's a but at the top of the verse, and that's going to turn us into this positive moment where Paul's going to give Timothy some instruction. We're also going to introduce the sermon that'll drop on Sunday. We'll tell you all about it. See you tomorrow. God bless.